You Say podcast. Just a girl wildly in love with Jesus wanting to share it with the world. Real stories and digging into the Word of God. Hey, what better way to spend your time? Come join us. First podcast. I am so stinking excited to be here with you. I'm excited to see what the Lord does. I'm excited to see how He changes my life, how He changes my listeners' life through this whole podcast and what He teaches us and what He is able um, to give me to where I can give you during the um, next few podcasts in the future. I would like to introduce myself for the first podcast, tell you a little bit about me, tell you about my testimony, as that to me is the most important part of who I am. My name is Gina Wharton. I'm 46 years old. I'm a single mom of three amazing young men that are grown now and out of the house. I have two lovely daughter-in-laws and I'm expecting my first grandbaby in August. I have been dating the man of my dreams for six years now and the Lord definitely blessed me with him. I was brought up in a home that taught Jesus. My mom just taught us Jesus, taught us about his love took us to church every time the doors were open, but she was really a single mom in my eyes for a long time. She was married to my dad, but my dad was an addict. So until my younger teenage years, until God saved my dad, that's what we grew up in. So my mom took us to church by herself. All those years taught us to love Jesus about the word and who he was, had us under great men of God that preached the word like I've never heard before. And I'm very proud of my Christian heritage and where the Lord has brought us from. So from when I was a baby on till now, I've always been in church. Um, I actually got married when I was 19 years old. I remember the year that I got married, I went to a revival. And during that revival meeting, um, I remember the man that was preaching. I remember exactly what he did. And I went down there because I felt like I was under conviction and I felt like I needed Jesus Christ. I was missing something, even though I had been in church my whole life. And I remember going down there and I remember, you know, getting up, you know, and the lady next to me was just like, what happened? And I said, you know, I, I, I got saved. And, and so I remember that, but I remember all the way home, I didn't have a peace. Like there was just a war going on inside of me. Like something was just not right. And I remember getting home and I remember calling my pastor and and telling him what happened and, and nothing against him whatsoever. Cause I love him with all of my heart, but I remember him telling me, you know, Gina, if anybody's saved, you're saved. And you know, you do this in the church and you do that in the church. And, and so really I just dismissed it. And I'm like, you know, you, you're right. You're right. And so I just dismissed it. And when I dismissed it at that point, when I hung up that phone, I felt fine, like fine. I wouldn't call it peace. I just declared it in my heart. My pastor said everything was good, so everything was good. And I lived years um, after that having babies, raising babies, and I remember in my 30s, I got a divorce, and I remember went through a very, very cold, dark place, and in the future, we'll we'll talk about that different, um, those different, you know, aspects and topics, but I remember I just went through a very dark place, and I remember that I taught at a Christian school at this time. I was able to do that because my husband at the time made enough money where I was able to work in the ministry um, as we didn't make that great of money, and so I remember that I was, you know, there, and I taught school, and, and because I actually got a divorce, I remember that the pastor of that church, 
called me in his office and he told me that if, um, if I was to get a divorce, that God would take his hand off of me and he would never use me again. And I remember walking out of that office and this happened a couple of times in a week period. And I remember just asking him questions that I won't go into right now and just biblically and whatever, and him just giving me answers. And I remember for the last time I looked at him and I said, God has the last say. And I walked out of there just bawling. And I remember resigning as my position. The year was almost over. I stayed and I resigned my position, didn't go back the next year. And I remember those words haunting me for years. If you get a divorce, the Lord has taken his hands off of you. And that defeated me for like three to four years. It defeated who I was. It defeated my purpose. It defeated my walk with the Lord. I cannot tell you, it put me in a state of depression, even though I still got up. I went to work every day. I raised my babies. I took them to church. But inside my state, depression doesn't mean you're laying up in bed all day, every day. I was in a state of depression that a lot of people did not know. I hit it. And I remember that conquering me because you know, I grew up to where when a pastor told you something, you, you really took it to heart. And and so, and by the way, I'm really glad that I seek the word of God now. And so, um, but I'm thankful for the pastors that follow the word of God and the pastors that give you godly advice, not what they think. I'm very thankful for our pastors. And, and so I just remember just that just sinking in my soul forever. And and so I just went on, went to church, um, felt defeated. And I remember um, my son, my oldest son, is the pastor of our church. And, and I remember we all went to church together. And it was after he graduated. And I remember the Lord calling him to this one church that was in the same town that we lived in. And we actually went to another church. And, and he sat and talked to me. And he's like, Mom, you know, they want me to come. And they want me to preach every four Sunday because they are looking for a pastor. And I was like, I think that'll be great. And so he started doing that. He started going over there every fourth Sunday and pastoring this church. And so eventually they ended up calling him up and wanting him to be the interim pastor. And if you don't know what that means, that means you fill in for the pastorship while they're actively looking for a pastor. And so he did that. And I remember one Sunday morning, I was just struggling. I was broken. And when I tell you I was broken, I went to bed crying. I woke up crying. I'd put the face on for everybody I know, but I was broken. And I didn't know who could fix it. Yes, I believed in Jesus Christ. And yes, I knew what the word said, but something there was just missing. And I didn't even know it was missing. I was doing in my mind, I was doing all the right things that I was brought up to do, that the church told me to do. I was doing all those correct things and nothing was changing. I was still so broken. So I remember waking up this one Sunday morning and the Lord just telling me, um, you know, you need to go to Shane's church. And I said, okay. So I felt that in my soul that I need to go to Shane's church. So I purposely walked in a little bit late to Shane's church. So I just didn't disrupt anything or whatever. So I slipped in and I got into the back pew. And I remember when our church, we still shake hands, we hug people's neck, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I remember when they were doing that and my son came down and he hugged my neck and he said, Mom, I really needed you here this morning. And so that's why I thought, you know, the Lord knew that, you know, he needed me here. That's why the Lord sent me here this morning. So I listened to him preach and he did an amazing job preaching. And I went home. 
I didn't have the other two. My two youngest were still at home, but they were at their dad's. So they were at their dad's and I went and got me something to eat and I came home and I rested Sunday afternoon, was getting ready to go to my church on Sunday night. And that still small voice still was just like, you need to go back to Shane's church. And so I, I went back that night and Shane preached a message. I couldn't even tell you what he preached on because the Lord just talked to me the whole time. And I went down to the altar and the Lord said, this is where you need to be for this season. And I remember just questioning him and just saying, you know, Lord, I have a church and I work in that church. And the Lord's like, this is where you need to be for this season. And so I remember going back to my pastor and telling him, and I said, I don't understand it either, but this is what the Lord is telling me to do. So I must obey him. And this is where I need to be. And he said, okay. So I stepped down from my Sunday school position and I started going to my son's church again. I did not know why. I just thought maybe it was for a season, maybe to help him. And so I started going and um, I ended up staying, ended up working, you know, alongside and in the church. And I remember that as I was doing that, a friend of ours that actually is a pastor as well in another town did a Facebook challenge. I didn't even know this Facebook challenge was actually going on. And he you tagged five people that you knew to give their testimony on Facebook Live. Now, if you know anything about me, I can talk till I am blue in the face with anybody. I love people. I love to communicate. I love to talk. I love me have a good old conversation. But something about that blue live button scared me to death. So I remember I was one of the five that he challenged. And I remember messaging him and I said, hey, I said, you know, I'm going to really pray about this. And when I feel like it's the right time, I'm going to go give my testimony on Facebook. He said, all right, sister, sounds good. Okay, great. So I remember, I don't know, it was a couple weeks after, I don't really remember the timeline, and I have a piano in my house, and so I set up my phone, got all ready, boy, I was going to put that out there, I was going to, you know, tell my testimony, it was going to help tons of people, and boy, we were just going to save the world. And so anyway, I go and I put my phone on there, and I go to hit the blue button, get everything just right, and a still small voice says, you have nothing to say. And I just pause. And I'm like, hmm? And so I just sit there and I go to pit it again. And that still small voice says, you have nothing to say. Well, then I automatically start defending my whole testimony that I thought that I had. Lord, yes, I do. I have scrubbed your toilets. I have cooked for preachers and um, missionaries. I have, you know, taught Sunday school. I have taught the youth. I have sung in the choir. I have sung specials. I have done this. I have done that. I have taught BBS. I've been over VBS. I've done the music at BBS. Lord, yes, I am. If anybody's saved, I'm saved. I'm saved. And then I remember what that preacher told me years ago. Like, I'm saved. By the way, let me just insert this. Don't tell anybody they're saved because you don't know that they're saved. And that can really hurt somebody. And not that if somebody's told you that, that they're doing that to hurt you, because they're not. But I'm just simply saying that don't ever tell anybody that they're saved because the only people that knows if I'm saved is me and Jesus Christ, period. That's it. That's it. So good little insert there. That's commercial break. But anyway, so I'm sitting there and I, I'm defending myself against God Almighty, like I'm going to win anyway. And then nothing, absolutely nothing. So I just start crying and I start praying and nothing. Like I just, I didn't feel anything. And so I took the phone down and needless to say, I didn't do my testimony. And for a solid year, I went back and forth, back and forth. God, if I'm not saved, please save me like Lord. And just nothing, just steal, just steal. 
And I just remember being a miserable human being that whole year. And not one person knew, not one person. I did not tell, um, I did not tell my boyfriend. I did tell, tell my parents. I did not tell my kids. I did not tell my best friends. I did not tell anybody. I literally went that whole year keeping that inside between me and God himself. And it was just a battle, you know, where they have like the you know, the, a lot of times I'll put the angel on one side and the, you know, Deb on the other side and they'll just, you know, fight it out or whatever. That was like me and my soul to myself. Like I was fighting myself. Like I know that I'm saved. I've done all of this for so many years. How much, you know what I mean? Like 40 years, like how in the world, you know? And so anyway, I battled it for a year. And I remember one Sunday morning in particular, that I was sitting in front of my mirror. I had this big old huge mirror and I used to sit there before I got my vanity and, and get ready and all that kind of stuff. And I remember um, the Saturday night, Saturday night before that, I was battling so bad, so bad. And I remember just crying and telling God, you know, Lord, if I'm not saved here, I am just praying that you would save me and nothing. And I remember just telling God, you know, I'm not even going to church Sunday morning, you know, heck with this church thing. I'm not doing nothing. I, I just give up. Well, of course that Sunday morning I get up and I start going to church and I sit in front of that mirror that I was just telling you about. And my youngest son was the only one, um, home. And so he, um, he come in and he said, mom, are you okay? Because every time I would put my makeup on, I'd crack right off because I'm telling you, I was broken and everything I tried didn't work. Like everything I tried, everything. And I just could not like understand why I was so broken, but nothing was helping. Nothing was helping. No matter what I would do was helping. And so I remember just crying. I had so many different emotions and my youngest son coming in and saying, mom, are you okay? And I said, I'm okay, honey. And he's like, are you sure you're crying? I said, yeah, I was just praying. And so he walks back out and he walks back in. He's like, mom, are you sure? And I said, I'm sure. And so anyway, I cleaned up myself for the fourth or fifth time. My makeup was what it was. And I went to Sunday school. Now, mind you, I was a lady Sunday school teacher. So I had to suck it up, buttercup, put a smile on my face and teach Sunday school. So I remember going and teaching Sunday school, putting that little fake smile on as we do a lot of times in life, in church, don't care who you are. That's what we do. And, and so I taught Sunday school and I was just miserable. You hear me? I was miserable. I needed answers from God and God was not talking. And so I remember as the church service began, it was, I think it was near Veterans Day. And I remember my pastor getting up, which is my oldest son getting up at the time. And he said, um, we would like to thank our veterans. If we could have all the veterans in the building stand up and we honored them as I absolutely think that we should do every day of the year. And so we honored them. And I remember as we were fixing to start going into the next song to sing, I remember one of our veterans getting up on the right-hand side of the church and him saying, you know, he called our pastor's name and said, can I testify? And of course he said, yes. And so um, he started testifying. He just started testifying about how good the Lord was and just all this. And so anyway, people started testifying about how the good the Lord was and how they're glad that they saved him. And, you know, and we just, you know, all good kind of stuff about what the Lord has done for their lives. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there miserable. You hear me? Miserable and cold as a cucumber. I didn't feel nothing. Here all these people are testifying. We're having a great service. You know, the Holy Spirit's in the building and Gina's just there cold. 
And so all of a sudden, my mama stands up and my mama stands up and she starts testifying. Now, if you've ever heard my mama testify, I'm telling you what, she just can, you know, all of our mamas, especially if you're brought up in church, your mama can preach you know, better than the preacher. I mean, she going to tell you about yourself. Well, that's my mom. So my mom got up and I'm telling you the minute my mama stood up, the Holy Spirit fell on top of me. Like I have never felt him before. And I remember just sitting there and my heart was about to pound out of my chest. Now, have you ever seen that cartoon where the, I think they're cats or skunks or something, but they will sit there and they'll look at each other. And when he sees the girl, his heart pounds out of his chest and his eyes pound out of his head, like their hearts. That's what my heart was doing. That's what it felt like my heart was doing. It just pounded out of my chest. And I'm just sitting there and Ronnie was sitting next to me and he had um, one of the little girls of the church. She always sat with us. So she was sitting there with us. And I remember I just grabbed his knee and I remember just starting to rock. And I'm just like, Lord, like in, in, in I that still small voice said, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it now. Like it's now, now, no playing games. You going to get right with God. You're going to get right with God now. And I remember saying, Lord, my mama's testifying. Like I, I can't do it right now. My mom's testifying. And I'm telling you what, he said it one more time and he did not have to tell me again. I got up there and my son was behind the pulpit and no, I did not need him to pray with me. I knew exactly what to do, all that good stuff. I was raised up in it, but I went up there and as fast as I could get to my son, I got him and I grabbed him and I looked him face to face and I said, if your mama was to die right now, she would bust hell wide open. And I remember, I think I literally slung him to the altar and I remember I get on that altar and I, rem I remember pleading my case. And I remember telling the Lord how rotten I was and how much I had failed him and how much I had sinned against him. But I'm telling you, the woman that got down there and I asked Jesus to save me that day. And let me tell you, my life was not perfect. My life was so far from perfect. I was a sinner. Now I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But I'm telling you what he did for me that day. Nobody will ever even compare to do for me in life. And he saved me. And I remember getting up from there. And I'm telling you, I don't know how long I was down there. And I just remember pleading and asking him to save me and just talking to him. And, and I remember getting up and I'm telling you, the woman that got up was not the same woman that went down and God miraculously changed my life. And he saved me that day. And, and you ask me, and I'm telling you, you will learn, you will learn my whole testimony through a lot of the podcasts. And I'm telling you, it, it's amazing to see what God did for me. But all those years, that I thought that I was his and I was not his. He never left my side. And you're saying, Gina, how do you know? Well, because of the fact that during my divorce, I lost my house to a house fire and all my kids were in it and they got out safe. My oldest child should have died with a heart condition and God spared him. And the doctor said, he don't know how we lived. I mean, I could tell you testimony after testimony and y'all will learn it through all these podcasts of how good the Lord has been to me and how he has never left me nor forsake me. And he will do the same for you. And I'm just telling you like... I cannot believe how he has changed my life and how he has given me a ministry now and what he has done. And he has just been so good to me. And I remember getting up from that, 
from the altar and I remember standing up and I remember the next day and of course we hugged and and you know we loved on each other and I slung snot from one side to the other and sorry it is just what it is and um my praise is crying I'll just go ahead and tell you that some people are shouters some people are whatever but I'm a crier I am a crier when I worship Jesus I am a big baby and so I remember getting up from there and I remember the next morning I was riding through our little town we have a small little town and I was riding through little town and I remember I was on the phone with Ronnie and I told him, I said, even the colors are different. Like my whole aspect of life, everything was just so different. I had a peace that I had never had before. You said, Gina, was your life perfect? Nope, because don't forget. I mean, God saved me. But all my circumstances were the same. The only circumstance that got changed instead of busting hell wide open, I'm going to heaven now. But all my circumstances were the same. But the difference was I had Jesus Christ. I had the Holy Spirit living within me. And I'm telling you, just the peace that passes all understanding, the word talks about that peace and there's none like it. And I'm telling you, there's none like it. And not only that, but I thought I knew how to love. And I didn't know how to love until Jesus came into my heart and he taught me how to love. And I'm just telling you, it is something. Something that I cannot explain. And I am so in love with Jesus. I'm so in love with his word. I'm so in love with just this life. And I can't wait to see what he does through it. And, and I can't wait to see what he does through this in your life. And so I just wanted to tell you a little bit about me, a little bit about my testimony, how much I love Jesus, what he's done for this girl. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're listening to this and you're broken, and maybe you were raised in church and you said a little repeat after me prayer, but you never felt anything different. Your life hasn't changed. You struggle. You don't have that peace that passes all understanding. You don't have that love that only Jesus can give. I'm telling you right now, he'll save you. All you have to do is ask him. But the word of God, you know, and, and during that year, you know, I, 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 you know, would struggle with God. You know, like I want to be saved. But the word of God says, he has to draw you. See, I couldn't just get saved anytime I wanted to get saved, but he put a hedge of protection about me. And I truly feel because he knew my heart's intent. I wanted to be saved. I wanted to live for him. And he just put that hedge of protection about me. And I'm telling you, he will draw you. If you want to be saved, he will draw you. And all you have to do is ask him. All you have to do is ask him to be saved. And I remember after I got saved, my grandma coming up to me and she said these words and she didn't say it out of anything. I love her. She did not say it to hurt anybody's feelings, but she just came up to me and she said, if anybody was saved, Gina, I thought you were saved. And I just paused. And as tears streamed down my face, I said, you saw the outward appearance. You didn't see how wicked my heart was. You see, we can put on a nice dress, a nice pair of pants, some pretty shoes, and a nice blouse. We can make our hair perfect. We can make everything on our makeup pointless. But I can tell you right now, if you are walking in the church day in and day out, Bible studies day in and day out, and you don't know who Jesus is, you will bust hell wide open one day. It has no, when you get to heaven one day and you stand before God Almighty, he is not going to care about how you looked on the outside. He's going to care about what's on the inside. But once he changes the inside, it will change what you look like on the outside. You see, because it doesn't matter. All those years, it didn't matter who Gina said she was. 
It mattered who he said I was. And that's why it's called you say. Because it doesn't matter who you say you are. You might say you're a defeated, broken mess. But God says you are worthy. I have grace and I have mercy and you can be mine. So today, if you're struggling with that, reach out. Ask him. He'll save you and miraculously change your life. I love you all. I pray that you have a good evening. And before we dismiss, we're going to pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for who you are. God, I want to thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I want to thank you for never giving up on me. No matter how much I failed you, no matter how much I sinned, your mercy and grace followed me. I want to thank you for that hedge of protection about me and my boys, my family during all of it. I want to thank you that you can take a broken mess and you can make it into something beautiful for you to shine. God, I love you more than life itself. I thank you for your word. I thank you for everybody listening to this. And I pray if there's somebody struggling under the sound of my voice, I pray right now, Lord, that your sweet Holy Spirit would get in their car with them, would get in their room with them, wherever they are, that you would meet them where they are, that you would miraculously save them if they need saving. God, if they're just broken and they belong to you, Lord, I pray, Lord, you'd heal and put them back together. I pray that you give them exactly what they need. I love you with everything in my core being. And I'm glad, Lord, that it doesn't matter who we say we are, but it's all about who you say we are. Amen.